0: Um, I don't know if you noticed, when you walked in, there was a notes table and clipboards. Uh, the clipboards are the right size, but, you know, never mind. So if you didn't see them and haven't got some notes but would like to make some notes, can you just lift up your hand because... Oh, super. The youth are going to help Natalie. Let's put them to extra good use to go around and give some notes and clipboards out. Look at that, sprightly. <laughs> Just to say to the welcome team, I have um, borrowed some pens because all the pens I could come up with at home were pink and green, which were my old marking pens. (laughs) Sorry about that. Excellent, there's some pens as well. Josh is on the pens, brilliant. You're giving pens out as well, super dupers. So we are looking at worship this morning and it's such a huge topic, isn't it, but Just when praying and seeking God, I feel that there's a few things that he's put on my heart this morning. There's some, (laughs) what are you guys after? Notes. Notes and clipboards clipboards at the back. There we go. So Joe is going to come up, first of all, and read the scripture to us. And it's in Psalm chapter
1: 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you have planned for us, none can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. Shaky hands, and I don't know why. Ah, right. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your right, righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me, for troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, ha ha ha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me you are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay.
0: Thank you, Joe. You read that bit aha. brilliantly. <laughs> uh-huh. She said, is there any like tricky words? I was like, no, but there's an aha in there. Right. So, uh, I mean, I did have a beautiful PowerPoint presentation <laughs> ready for you you know, took a while. But you know what? God just said to me down there, um, the Holy Spirit is far more important in ministering to us than a nice visual. And I pray that for us this morning. So hopefully you've got your notes in front of you. You can make this as creative as you like. The PowerPoint probably would have helped with how you put your notes together, but you can do whatever you want. Nobody's checking it or marking it. Don't worry. So when worship is mentioned, It conjures, it brings up all types of words and images in our minds, doesn't it? So in your top box that's pinned, maybe you could write now what comes to mind when we talk about worship? Just have a little jot, a couple of words or a phrase, a picture if you're feeling artistic, that's up to you. What what is worship? What is it about? The youth are probably going to do a bit of conferring. That's okay. We'll let them. <laughs> Not singing, though. Thanks. deeps. So, simply stated, worship is giving worth and value to something or someone above all else. And as Christians, what, what's our true worship? it's a valuing and treasuring of God above all things, declaring his worth. And it's based on an understanding of who God is, what God's nature is, and a valuing of God's infinite worth. Worship is a response of the heart to the knowledge and the understanding of the mind. Worship gives honor to God as we praise him, we treasure him, we delight, rejoice, we revere and we're satisfied in him. We don't just worship in church because there should be a constant attitude and activity of our lives. as It should be a constant activity and attitude of our lives as dedicated believers. It's a, it's a daily thing, isn't it? When we talk about worship in church, generally we call that corporate worship. I don't know if you've heard that before, Rooted, yeah. So let's go back to our scripture. I'm not going to focus on all of it because it's quite a long one, but maybe you can go back and read it in your own time. I'm looking at verse 3 in particular. And verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our Lord. Many will see and fear him and put their trust in him. So there's two elements I'm looking at this morning. And the first is vertical worship. So on your sheets, you can see there's a vertical arrow that way, if you're not sure, horizontal that way. And our vertical worship, it's between us and God, isn't it? It's how and why we honor God. It's what we're created to do, to worship him that way. (laughs) People are going, which way? That way, vertical. We give honor that's due to his name we, we sing hymns and our, our praise to God and we do that corporately together and daily in our own private times of worship but let's be honest there are times that <clears throat> it's easier to do this than others and I'd like to look this morning at three challenges that we face when we come to worship and then later on we'll look at the horizontal aspect does that sound okay So firstly, in our worship to God, it's something that I choose to do. So the first point, it would look better up there, but there you go, on our vertical worship is I choose to worship. There's some wonderful psalms, aren't there? Absolutely wonderful. I love reading them. And then there's some tougher ones to read. They're not all joyous, happy, um, praising the Lord. Some of them are full of lament and sadness and cries from the heart. And I'm thankful for those too because they're real, aren't they? But what we can say about David, who wrote this alms most, is that he makes a conscious effort to remember God's goodness towards him. It doesn't always get there straight away, but he does get there. You know, God has given us the ability to choose him here on earth. And nothing blesses the heart of God more than when his beloved people intentionally turn and tune their hearts towards him. It's safe to say that choosing to worship can come easily at certain times, um, corporately and privately. I love this song, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, who knows the song? Blessed be your name. When the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Um, my first volunteer is Kezia. She knows. Come and sit down, Kezia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got another job. Thank you, Kezia. Come sit down. But what about if, David, we find ourselves in the mud and the mire, in the desert place, the wilderness, the storm or the flood? Maybe we are fearful, exhausted. Let's have a look. Broken-hearted. Angry. You okay, Kez? Yeah. Well, she's not, is she? <laughs> she's stressed. Oh. Overwhelmed. Distracted. Oh, come on now. Forgotten. Okay. Lonely. What's this one? Anxious. There we go. I want to say thank you. For <laughs> so, yeah, don't say thank you for all this. Okay, that's probably. Oh, there we go. Maybe you feel probably not all of those things today. Maybe you feel some of those ways. Maybe there's other ways that you feel. You've come to church today and it's been really hard for you to sing the songs that we're singing. It is hard sometimes to choose to worship, but God is worthy. David found himself completely alone. He was on the run from Saul. who wanted to kill him. He was depressed, fearing for his life. In Psalm 59, when Saul literally sends men to the house where David is staying to watch and kill him, But David chooses to sing, but I will sing of your strength in the morning, I will sing of your love, for you, God, are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You know, he starts the day right, in the morning, I will sing, he chooses to worship In that moment and many others, David chose to give God the honour he was worthy of, valuing and treasuring God and who he is above his circumstances. At the start of that psalm, this is 59, if you want to jot that as your extra scriptures worth looking at, he starts the psalm by asking God for his help and his defence. And at the end of the psalm, he was so confident that God would come to his aid and defend him that David was already declaring it. After a catalogue of calamities and a long list of laments, the glories of God started to stream into view. And the psalmist changes direction. There's a shift. He turns and tunes his heart into God's. And he starts to call into mind the faithfulness of God. But you know, David's circumstances, they didn't change in that instant. But David knew and declared that God was sovereign, that he was able to keep him, to deliver him, to protect him, to sustain him, to strengthen him and fulfill the promises he'd made to David. David chose to turn his heart heavenward. Maybe today you feel that you can relate to David in this moment. Someone's not after you to kill you, but you're fearful, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, you feel forgotten. You're worried about your finances. You feel that maybe the words that you were singing this morning in worship didn't match where your heart was at. Can I just share something with you from, um, it's a bit of a testimony really, although I'm not there yet, but I can relate to this. Because um, my mom was really poorly. She had leukemia. And we prayed for her to be healed. And I remember saying when we were praying with the boys, that if not, God is still good. And um, really sadly, six months ago, she died. Um, she was born again. She loved the Lord. I know she's in heaven. That's wonderful. But I remember being in corporate worship. It was online. not Not quite as good as this morning, but... The words came up about the goodness of God. I tell you what, that was a battle for me to sing about God's goodness when I'd lost my mum. But I remember I'd said to the boys, if not, God is good. And one of the songs that was sung that morning was, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good with every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And in the wonderful times when life is good, when the sun's shining down, it's sometimes with all of our breath, because, you know, we can rejoice. And sometimes in our lives, we can barely get it out. And that's okay. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And you know what? It's still a battle. This morning, uh, we were singing, um, I will be content in every circumstance. I still don't find that easy to sing. It's not like I've got it. But I know that God is good and God is faithful because I've seen it in my life. Sometimes remembering, declaring and singing God's past mercies is a wonderful way to remove doubt, fear and hurt that troubles our minds and lingers in our hearts. Recalling his precious promises helps to strengthen our faith. Coming with thankful hearts, sometimes maybe all you can do is come to church and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, I'm here. Thank you, God, I'm saved. Thank you for your goodness. Sometimes just just coming and saying, thank you, Lord, just changes it. There's a shift in our worship. Sometimes we can sing with all our might as a prayer of faith. Trusting God to use the words that we're singing to match our heads with our hearts and bring about the truth we were singing just like David did. It's so easy, isn't it? Coming to church and focusing on this or whatever's happening right now in your life. And maybe people know what's happening in your lives because you share. Maybe people don't. But so often we come like this, don't we? Arms just full. And God just wants us to lay it down. It won't maybe all change, but when we trust in the Lord, he will come through for us. I love the song, I Choose to Worship, by Ren Collective, and I just want to read some of the phrases out from that song. Though there's pain in the offering, I lay it down. Though my soul is unravelling, I choose you now. When the world comes crashing down, I lift my praises. In the valley, you are worthy. You are good when life is not. When the enemy says I'm done, I lift my praises. So, Kezia, you can lay this down. Just like chuck it off if you want. There we go. Thank you, Kezia. Are you choosing to worship instead? She is. Amen. Thank you, Kezia. You can sit down. Um, I was just saying to Tim earlier, I I wasn't going to do this, but I feel it's right to. Um, Please know that I I just know what it feels like to find words difficult to sing in worship and to come to God and just, and to sing words that you you know, but are just hard. So I feel it's right to pray for people right now who are in that place. So if it's you, I'm going to ask you, you know, your heart's been beating quickly. You knew even before I got up that you were singing words this morning that didn't match where your heart was. Would you be brave enough to stand so we can pray for you? Really, I'm standing too. If you're standing near that person, could you just reach your arms towards them in prayer? You can get closer if they're really far away. (laughs) I feel like the Lord just wants to say, come to me. Come to me. Choose me now. Though it's hard, whatever you're carrying, just lay it down before God and choose him. Choose to give him worth. Focus on him. May there be a shift in your gaze this morning that you focus not on your circumstances but on a God who saves, who delivers, who transforms situations, who heals broken hearts. I just pray there's just such a shift in each heart that's standing this morning. Tune your heart and turn your heart to God. Say, God, I choose you now. I choose to worship. I choose to bow. i don't want to judge your situation but i think there's more of us than that i think we're going to give opportunity to pray at the end and it's it's not chance gone if you want to be prayed for at the end that's wonderful too but guys please don't go out the way that you came in this morning guys you can sit down thank you for being so honest and brave and and standing in front of everyone, and most importantly, in front of the Lord. The second point, so first, I choose to worship. Secondly, I long to worship. Now, there was going to be an amazing picture of Pat Sharp and the fun house come up behind me. Who's old enough to remember that? It's a whole lot of fun, prizes to be won. Um, it was just the best kids' TV programme. You've never seen anything like it. Nothing compares to it now. You actually won holidays on the fun house. Can you believe that? It was amazing. But you know, at the end of this game, the kids had to... Um, it was like a house full of like um, plastic balls, gunge, foam stuff everywhere. And they had to search frantically in this house for these tags that had different prizes on And obviously they wanted like the golden tag, didn't they, that had the holiday. The video I watched was a holiday around Europe for like kids. How cool is that? I know that's a fun thing, but my question today in terms of worship is, are we going after God in this sort of passionate way? Do we seek after him as hidden treasure? In Psalm 42, verse 2, David declares, As the deer... Pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. Um, is there anybody thirsty in here this morning? I am. Yes. Yes. Sandeep is. Come forward, Sandeep, because it's really good. I've got a drink for you. It's Quad's finest <laughs> water. It is water. Come and sit down. Thank you. Let's have a look. Is this good water? sort of lukewarm sorry about that (laughs) it's quite hard to transport ice you feel quite satisfied well can i tell you something yeah jesus talks about thirsting being thirsty in the bible he said to the woman at the well where he was wanted he wanted some water everyone who drinks this water you'll be thirsty again do you know that That won't just satisfy you and that's it. You'll have to drink again. You'll be thirsty again. But Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You know, I pray that our times of worship are those where we come hungry, thirsty, desperate, expectant for the living God to move. When we go after his presence and we long for God... He satisfies us and you know what? Only he can. Maybe today you're just a little less hungry and a bit more distracted, a little less disciplined and a little too busy. Maybe that fire within, the passion that you, you had when you first became a Christian, we talk about that often as your first love, it's grown colder. Please don't go out today without having an encounter with the living God. Maybe you already have in our wonderful worship time. That's absolutely brilliant. But sometimes the great barrier to worship amongst us is that our seeking and our longing is there, but it's half-hearted. We settle for sips of quad water or sips from a broken water fountain when the fountain of life is just over the next hill just need to go a little further, a little deeper. You know, David understood this. In one of his psalms, it's Psalm 63, verse 1 to 5. This was going to come up behind me. He was in a literal desert. But he says this, you God, oh my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there's no water, I have seen you in your sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I'll lift up my hands. I will be satisfied with the richest, as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Moses longed, sorry. That was David. But Moses also longed for an encounter with God, saying, God, let me see your glory. The word glory here is related to presence, face, visible splendor. He wanted to behold God face to face. He wanted a visible encounter with the living God. He wasn't content with where he was. Guys, this morning, are we tired of business as usual? Again, I can say I've been there. We go through the motions. We show up week after week or day after day, leaving the same way we went in. We not only need to hunger for God, we need an encounter with him. This encounter, this sense of God's supernatural presence, it transforms worship from duty to devotion, from ritual to to relationship, from just another meeting to a holy gathering. And boy, do I want to be in as many holy gatherings as possible. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deeps. You can, you can have the water. You can go if you want. Thirdly, so we've got I choose to worship free water. I long to worship. And then Matthew's going to come and help me with our third one, which is, I rejoice in worship. Let's go, Matthew. He's coming. Slowly. Not coming as quick as Naomi did for the snacks, is he? (laughs) Hey. So, come and sit down, my friend. Here you are. One, two. Excellent. Excellent. Did you know that? I'll let you know when um, you needed. Philippians is probably the most joyful book in the Bible. Have you read it? Possibly. Paul uses the Greek words for joy and rejoicing 16 times in 104 verses. And yet, it's probable, it's likely that he's writing it from a dingy Roman prison, a place you associate not with joy and rejoicing but probably misery, bondage, fear, and trial. Basically the opposite of being in a place of joy. He's surrounded by every conceivable obstacle to joy, but despite his position and circumstances, he chooses to rejoice. Paul in Philippians 4, verse 4, pretty sure you all know this verse. So are you ready for this? Rejoice one at a time. Come on now one at a time. Rejoice. Hold one up really high. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Got it. Let's all say it together. Are you ready? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. rejoice. Excellence. Volunteering. Well done. You know, Jesus gives us a deeper, a purer, a sweeter, more lasting joy and gladness than anything the world has to offer. He calls us to rejoice. Paul calls us to rejoice through the painful trials and difficult circumstances. Isn't Paul just a bit of an inspiration? I think he is. David too. His joy in these letters he's writing to the early church is not anchored in his circumstances, which often weren't great, but they're anchored in his saviour, who never disappoints and will surely deliver and you know worshipping together in church corporately it's vital because it fortifies and strengthens the church when we're together and we're around thankful hearts singing rejoicing and praising the living God Rejoice! oh very good <laughs> don't you get that sense where your spirit is quickened Isn't it wonderful to be back in the room, praising, rejoicing, and worshipping God together? Our spirits are quickened, and our faith is reinforced. And David tells us, if we go back to our original scripture in Psalm 40, in verse 9 and 10, it says, I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and faithfulness from the great assembly. How would David have concealed it? Well, he would have kept silent. David glorified God among his people and proclaimed, which means to announce publicly, to indicate clearly an important matter. He proclaimed and spoke and sang of God's faithfulness. He rejoiced in the Lord. As we gather and we sing and we proclaim, speak, declare, testify and rejoice in the goodness of God with one another, the church is edified. Back to our scripture, verse 16, it says, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. When we come to these times of corporate worship together, we should be a changed people when we go out, shouldn't we? We shouldn't come go out the way that we came in. We've met with the living God. We've had an encounter with him. Are you challenged already? I'm running out of time. Thank you, Matthew. You can uh, sit down. Now, I was going to talk about the horizontal aspect of worship, but I've definitely run out of time. So... Um, Another week, yes, woo <laughs> I love that, thanks, Joe. I'll pick on you for scripture again. Um, the, the, base, the, the general thing of the vertical worship is that we meet with God and we are compelled to go out and take his presence with us. The second aspect of the vertical worship is that people come in who are not saved and they see a people who are worshiping God's and praising God and having an encounter with God, and they meet with the living God right here. So there's those two aspects, and maybe in the future I'll get to talk about that more. Hopefully, um, by the power of technology, we'll get the PowerPoint up on the Facebook group or something. I'm looking at my husband for that. So I would love to pray this morning, Graham. If you're happy to come up, Let's roll reversal. You might not be happy, but I think you are. So I want to pray for you this morning. Rejoice, yes. You need the banner, Matthew. He's forgotten already. I'd love to pray for you this morning. I've already felt to pray for those who were um, in a place where it was difficult to choose to worship. And if you want further prayer, absolutely come forward. But I want to pray for you this morning if you can relate to some of those aspects. Maybe your heart has grown cold and you want a fresh passion, a thirst for the Lord again. Maybe this morning you are seeking God, but it's half-hearted. You felt a bit settled recently, even though you've come back to church and you thought, oh, maybe this is gonna change things. It hasn't. And you want a fresh encounter with God this morning. Maybe you're one of the people who just knows you need to receive a fresh anointing of joy, that you want to come to church and you want to rejoice in the Lord. You want to go out into your week and rejoice in him and who he is. So I'd love to pray for you this morning. If you know absolutely that that's you, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. And if you could, please wear a mask to do that. And people who pray, um, we've got some spare masks if you haven't got one. Could you also wear a mask? So maybe you just know your heart has grown cold and you want a fresh anointing, a fresh blessing from God this morning as you fix your eyes on him. Maybe your seeking has been half-hearted and you're settled and you want a new encounter with the living gods so you go out changed. And maybe you just want a fresh anointing of joy. You know you need God's joy this morning to be your strength. Can I ask you to come forward as well and we'll pray for you. You guys are going to play for a little while, but please come forward. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church
1: podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and we'll come along on any Sunday morning.